We're, going, we're not going to preach long tonight. In fact, I'm going, to give you, I'm going to give you three points if the Lord lets me, but my first points, my main points, the longest point, once we get past that first point, we're pretty much home free after that. And after the service tonight, we're going to relocate out in the fellowship hall for all of those who can stay. And we're going to have a little, um, uh, a little celebration, a little send-off for uh, Timothy and Hannah. And uh, we've got, I think, food and uh, some preparation over there. And so come over for a little time of fellowship after the service tonight, if you can stay for just a little while. And, um, and then we've got a receptacle over there. If you can, uh, uh, if, if the Lord delayed on your heart, you can give a little offering tonight uh, toward helping them with uh, travel expense and all that's going to go into this move. Then I know that they, I know Tim and Hannah would appreciate it very, very much. And these young people are a, these young people are fruit of the ministry of the local church. And, uh, and Hannah has, uh, Hannah started here when she was a baby. She started in the nursery. And when we came to Calvary, Hannah wasn't even around. And, and then she came a little later on. And so she's grown up in this church and been here uh, ever since we've been here. And then Brother Tim, sort of the same thing, except over, uh, over at Trinity Baptist Church. And so both these they're not kids, but you know what I mean. Both these kids came up through the ranks of the local church and stayed faithful, and, uh, and we're thankful that the Lord is using them and that they want to be used of the Lord. And so anyway, you, uh, you pray for them, if you will, pray. They, they, more than anything in the world, they need your prayers. And uh, as they uh, travel across the country, and I think they're going to they're leave a few days to get across the country with... Uh, you know, with the boys and stuff like that. But uh, anyway, we're going to have some fellowship after the service tonight. And so be sure you come over and speak to them. And uh, it looks like at least this will be their last Sunday with us for a while. And so uh, you pray. And we're praying that God does great things at Haven Baptist Church. And he is. God's expanding the ministry out there. And they are uh, I, I believe they're going to, I believe they're probably going to take that third unit. And so little by little by little, God's given them that whole place. And so let's pray. Pray about that. Brother Looney, where are you at? Pray. Amen. So we prayed down here. We prayed that God would give us this whole hill over here at Calvary. And he's doing it. And so let's pray that God would give them that whole hill there in California. And he's doing it. And so you pray, um, you pray that, will, that way if you will. I want you to take your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 12 tonight. And uh, like I said, I'll keep this brief tonight. But listen, just because it's brief doesn't mean it's not super important. I feel so strong. I, I, I feel as strong about the message tonight as I did this morning. And uh, we've talked about the will of God this morning. We're going to talk about the will of God tonight. And so uh, I want to talk to you about this subject, simple steps that led to Lot's downfall. And so, I, again, you know, I try, to, I, I try to come up with this flashy title, you know. I was going to entitle this, Making Your Hometown Sodom. But you don't, that's not going to help you. But this will help you. Some simple steps that led to Lot's downfall. And so that's really what I want to talk to you about tonight. So when you find your place in Genesis 12, let's all stand tonight out of respect for the reading of God's Word. If you're able to stand uh, Genesis chapter 12 and verse number one. The Bible says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. 
And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. What's verse number four? So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 70 and five years old when he departed out of Haran. By the way, I, I believe the implication there is that Lot had a choice. Lot didn't have to go, but he went. He chose to go with Uncle Abraham. And Lot went with him, and Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. Verse 5, and Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. And into the land of Canaan, they came. Now, turn over. I'm hesitant to do this, but I, but I want you to see the contrast tonight. Turn over to Genesis 19 and look at verse number 30. So here Lot is on his way to Canaan. Everything's going great. Genesis 19, verse number 30. And Lot went up out of Zoar and dwelt in the mountain and his two daughters with him for he feared to dwell in Zoar and he dwelt in the cave, he and his two daughters. And the firstborn said unto the younger, our father is old and there's not a man in the earth to come in unto us after the manner of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine and we will lie with him that we may preserve seed of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night and the firstborn went in and lay with her father and he perceived not when she lay down nor when she arose. And it came to pass on the morrow that the firstborn said unto the younger, behold, I lay yesternight with my father. Let us make him drink wine this night also and go thou in and lie with him that we may preserve seed of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night also. So here Lot is on a two-day drunk. And the younger arose and lay with him, and he perceived not when she lay down, nor when she arose. Verse 36, thus were both the daughters of Lot with child by their father. And the firstborn bare a son, called his name Moab, the same as the father of the Moabites unto this day. And the younger, she also bare a son called his name Ben-Ammi, the same as the father of the children of Ammon under this name. By the way, we've had trouble ever since. Ever since. And some of the greatest enemies that Israel ever had was some of the ones that we just mentioned right there. You may be seated tonight. I want to talk to you about that subject, some simple steps that led to Lot's downfall. Let's pray quickly. Father, we love you. What a service. Thank you, Lord, for meeting with us tonight in such a powerful way. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your spirit. And God, we've, we've worshiped you in spirit tonight. And now, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to worship you in truth. Lord, give us a, give us a thought that would, uh, that would stay with us for a long, long time. And God, I pray that you'll use the foolishness of preaching to strengthen this church family and this church body. God, we need you tonight. We need you to breathe on us. And so fill us with the Holy Spirit 
and guide our thoughts and establish our ways and our thoughts. And God, we thank you. We pray that Christ will receive glory and praise and honor from all that's done. In his precious name, we pray. And for his sake and all God's people said, amen. So I want to start with this question. How in the world did Lot wind up so far from where he started? We find here, as we read tonight, that originally Lot set out, at least indirectly. I, I, I definitely think that Lot had the encouragement of his godly uncle Abram or Abraham. But I believe that Lot set out at least indirectly for the perfect will of God. And it, it appears, at least for a while, that he was centered in God's perfect will. Look at Genesis 12 and verse number four again. Genesis 12 and verse number four says, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. And the Bible says, and Lot went with him. And so Abram's headed to the will of God. And Lot is headed with Abram to the will of God. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance uh, that they had gathered and the souls that they'd gotten in Haran. And they, Abram and Lot, Abram's family, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. Well, that's important. They went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. Now, it's, it's, it's important for us to understand something here tonight, that Canaan in the Bible is not a picture of heaven. Several years ago, in fact, it, I think it may even be in our songbook, and that's fine. That's not a problem. We've sang it before at Calvary. But several years ago, there was a song that came out called Canaan's Land is Just in Sight. And that's fine. We'll, we'll sing it again and, and, and sing it when we sing it, sing it with the joy of the Lord. But to be quite honest with you, Canaan is not a picture of heaven. Um, there are a lot of things in Canaan that are not, not a good type of heaven. There were enemies in Canaan. And there were people that didn't like the children of Israel that lived in Canaan. There were giants in Canaan. There were problems and valleys and burdens in Canaan. And I've got great news, Calvary. There'll not be any giants in, in heaven. And they'll not have any burdens or any problems or any valleys. Uh, it'll be a cloudless sky. It'll be a wonderful place to live. And so Canaan in the Bible is not a picture of heaven. Canaan was a picture of the perfect will of God. That's what Canaan is a picture of. And so Lot starts out heading for Canaan, for the, the perfect will of God, but ends up existing in a place called Zoar. And we taught on that just the other night. We said that Zoar is a word that means insignificance. God offered him a promotion, but Lot wasted his life in insignificance. Now, this is my question. What happened? What happened between Genesis chapter 12 and Genesis chapter 19? You ever read the Bible like that? And you're thinking, wait a minute now. He started out good, but then he ended up in ruin. What happened between those chapters that caused Lot to literally go off the tracks and ruin his life? His wife ended up a pillar of salt. His, 
uh, a number of his kids and grandkids. We brought that out. His grandkids died in Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and then he ends up in an incestuous relationship with his daughters that are alive and, and, uh, and has children by his own daughters. And so you read this story and you're thinking, man, Lord, what in the world happened that caused Lot to have such a downfall? Well, there's just three simple thoughts I want to give you tonight. The first one's the main one. How about this? Number one, we notice a childish strife. A dispute took place. Now, Genesis 13, would you turn there with me tonight? Genesis chapter 13, and look at verse number seven. Someone says, preacher, what happened? What, what caused Lot? He was headed to Canaan. He's headed to the will of God, the perfect will of God, and all of a sudden, he's a train wreck. I mean, what in the world? What happened, preacher? Well, look at Genesis 13 and verse number seven. The Bible says, and there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle, uh, cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle, and the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled then in the land. There was a strife, a strife. The word strife there means controversy. There was a controversy. It's the idea of a contest. And so I, I don't know exactly what happened. I don't know if, if uh, uh, Abram's herdmen were, were uh, competing against Lot's herdmen or, or vice versa. Maybe they were trying to see which one could build the largest herd. Uh, I, I, maybe they were disputing over who had the, 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 the biggest bull. I, I don't know what was going on here, but there was a dispute. And as I read this this last week, something I had never really noticed, I noticed this, that this strife wasn't even directly between Abraham and Lot. Did y'all see that? It was a dispute between some of their employees. And so it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily Abraham and Lot that were at odds, but it was their employees that were having a strife. And because of this strife, it caused Lot to get out of the will of God. Hey, Calvary, let me help us tonight. Did you know that in this life, there are gonna be strifes? Disputes, controversies, contests. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me go ahead and get more in depth. Did you know in this church, there are gonna be strifes? You say, well, preacher, we're leaving Calvary. Why are you leaving? Because there's a strife and we're gonna to go to a church where there's no strifes. Lord bless you. We'll pray for you. Now, this is what happens. We go to these conferences and meetings and uh, revivals and all these things. And all those churches that we go to, which are like-minded churches, all those churches do the same thing that we do. When we have a meeting and a revival, man, we throw out the red carpet and we bring in our best singers and our best preachers. And man, our choir sings their sugar sticks. And I mean, man, it's just like, whoa, wow. And we go to these other churches and man, they bring in their best singers and their best preachers and the choir sings their greatest songs and, and their most talented people play and sing the specials and we go to these churches and we think wow man this church is perfect far from it hang around a little while and I promise you this that there will be some strifes and there will be some controversies but 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 here's here's what I want to say there are things that are matter but really don't matter in the bigger scheme of life Hey, Calvary, don't allow one little thing to mess up the rest of your life and the rest of your kid's life. 
Leonard Ravenhill said this. He said, many of us are hunting mice while lions are devouring the land. And that is so true. Man, we get messed up over one little thing, uh, one little discrepancy, one little contest, one little controversy. You have a little controversy with a choir member or you have a controversy with a, uh, a Sunday school teacher or you have a controversy with a deacon or the pastor or whatever the case may be. And, and, and by the way, if you back up and really look at it, it's really not that big a deal. I mean, it's, it, it, it really is not major. It's not doctrinal. It's not uh, anything that's gonna cause somebody to go to hell and yet we'll leave the house of God and pull our kids kids out and pull our family out and before we know it my dear friend we're so far from Canaan we're not heading toward the perfect will of God but we end up being in Sodom and Gomorrah oh listen to me I'm just telling you that there are going to be strifes in this life but here's the great thing here's the great thing our Bible tells us that and it not only tells us there's going to be strifes hey Calvary it tells us how to handle them. And you say, Pastor, what do you mean? Well, let me see if I can give you a, a few thoughts. There's a, uh, there is a threefold plan. Number one, if there is a strife, talk it out. Now take your Bibles and, and look at Genesis 13 because this is exactly what we see being done in Scripture. Genesis 13 and verse number eight. So here's this strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and Lot's cattlemen. And uh, uh, Genesis 13, verse number eight. And Abram, who by the way is a picture of the spiritual person. And Abram said unto Lot, let there be no strife. I pray thee between me and thee and between my herdmen and thy herdmen for we be brethren. It's not the whole land before thee. Separate, separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. By the way, uh, Lot, we're not, we, can't, we, we can't fuss and fight about this. By the way, did you, did, you, did you notice in that verse we read a while ago, it said, and the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled in the land. You know what the Bible was saying by that? It said, Pastor, what does a Canaanite and a Perizzite have to do with anything? People were watching. People outside the camp we're watching. And by the way, Calvary, people outside the camp are watching. They're watching to see how we resolve difficulties and how we resolve controversies and how we uh, d d uh, resolve uh, disputes. And by the way, we can be like every other church where we fight it out and we get up in the business meeting and we scream across the room at each other. And, uh, and uh, you can do that if you want to, but you won't, by the grace of God, do it here. And thank God we've never had a business meeting like that. And by the grace of God, we never will. Because that's not the way to handle a dispute. We notice here that Abram, and by the way, it wasn't Lot. It wasn't Lot that went to Uncle Abram. It was Abram that went to Lot. And he said, son, listen, we're family. Now, we, we got a little bit of a situation here. Let's work it out. Man, this is good stuff right here. Would you take your Bibles and turn over to, uh, hold your place in Genesis, hold your place there and turn over to Matthew chapter number 18, Matthew chapter number 18 tonight. And would you look with me at verse number 15? Pastor, what do you do when a, when a dispute comes? You talk it out. By the way, what do you do when a, a dispute comes in your marriage? You talk it out. 
What do you do when a, a dispute comes in rearing your children? You talk it out. Matthew 18, verse number 15, but concerning the church, verse 15, moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, get mad at him. Get even with him. Call a bunch of people about him. It's not what the Bible says, is it? Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, what's it say? Go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he'll not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more than in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as an heathen man and a publican. And so if there is a dispute, biblically speaking, biblically speaking, you know what we're to do? We're to go and we're to talk it out. And so if you leave this church and you never tell anybody why, don't go to 15 other people and try to bring reproach to this church when you left the church and never said one solitary reason on the reason you left. Can I get an amen right there? He said, well, pastor, we, we had some major difficulties with you. Why didn't you come talk to me? Let's talk it out. Uh, amen. And so uh, God gives us a way that we handle disputes. Number one, we're to talk it out. Number two, though, listen to this. Number two, we're to suffer the wrong. Now turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 5 in your Bibles. And wow, look, look at the counsel that the Apostle Paul gives to the church at Corinth. And they had some, listen, they had some controversy going on. They had some disputes going on and, uh, and it was not of God. And so the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writes to this church that's having some controversy. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 5, Paul says this, I speak to your shame. He said, is it, is it so that there's not a wise man among you? No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren, but brother goeth to law with brother and that before the unbelievers. In other words, man, they got so mad at each other, they were taking each other to court. Verse seven, Paul says, now therefore, there is utterly a fault among you because ye go to law one with another. Look what he says here. Why do you not rather take wrong? Why do you not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? Nay, ye do wrong and defraud and that your brethren. Now church, the Lord's trying to help us tonight. By the way, he said, oh, there must be, there must be some kind of major controversy. Well, hallelujah, there's not. So this is pre preventive maintenance preaching tonight. But this is what the Bible's teaching us. If something happens in the church, and it is, occasionally, this is gonna happen, occasionally pastor's gonna say something that you don't agree with. And rather than you let Satan get something in your crawl and you walk out that door and pull your kids out of the will of God. I mean, you're doing great. The kids are in the youth group and, and you're singing in the choir and you're involved in Sunday school and, and uh, man, you're getting involved in a ministry. You know what you're doing? You're heading to Canaan. Yeah. 
You're heading to the perfect will of God. And then all of a sudden, the devil brings something into the church or the devil brings something into your life, a dispute, a controversy, a problem. And so here's what I'm saying. Rather than you get messed up and pull your family out, the Bible says it would be better for you just to suffer the wrong and say, you know what? I don't agree with that. I, I, I don't, you know, I don't agree with the way Brother Donnie handled that. Now, there, and by the way, there may be something just I don't agree with the way Brother Donnie handled that. Okay, let me, let me just say it like this: suffer the wrong, and say, you know, I, I, I didn't, I didn't agree with that way it was handled. But I tell you what, I'm going to do. I'm going to give Brother Donnie the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he didn't mean it like this. Maybe Brother Allen didn't mean to miss me shaking my hand. Maybe Sister So-and-So didn't mean to look at me with that evil eye. I, I mean, you know, maybe they, they, maybe they didn't mean it. You know, maybe uh, this is what I think about. This is what I, I think about. It's like, you know, maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe they're sick. Maybe they walked in and, and, and they didn't feel like coming to church, but they came on anyway because they, they wanted to do the right thing, but they're not feeling good. Or maybe they, maybe they feel like they got the flu or they're catching the flu or maybe they're getting a cold and they didn't want to get close to you that day. And it wasn't they didn't shake your hand because they dislike you or they're trying to avoid you. It's because they weren't feeling well or they just came from a discouraging situation or they just had uh, some kind of a, uh, maybe a death or, or discouragement. Oh, this is all I'm saying, Calvary. Hey, this is a family. And a family gives each other the benefit of the doubt. Don't let some little tiny thing cause problems in your life or the lives of your family. And so I said, number one, talk it out. Number, Number two, suffer the wrong. But how about this? Number three, let it go. Let it go. Um, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying get over it. <laughs> get over it. Now, by the way, this is not my personal advice. This is the advice of a man who was far greater than I. You may know his name. His name is Jesus. Take your Bibles and turn over to Matthew chapter, uh, I'm sorry, Mark, Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter number 11 and look at verse number 25. Mark 11 And verse number 25, you say, preacher, there's a dispute, there's a a controversy, there's a contest in the church. What should I do? Talk it out, suffer the wrong, let it go. Mark 11, verse number 25, the Bible says, and when you stand praying, forgive. If you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive your trespasses. And so I'm hoping and praying that there's no one here tonight that has any awe in your heart against anybody else in this room. But, but if you are here tonight and you have heart feelings or a grudge against another brother or a sister at Calvary Baptist Church, this is what the Bible is saying. Get over it. Get over it. You say, I'll tell you one thing, Pastor, you don't know what they did, and I will not get over it. Then I'll tell you something in Christian love. Don't bother getting on your knees and confessing your sins. Because God says, as long as you harbor that unforgiveness in your heart, don't expect me to forgive you of your sins. 
Hey, remember the story in Matthew 18 where Peter came to the Lord and, and he said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And then Peter answers his own question. How often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? That's the number of perfection, till seven times. In verse 22, Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until 70 times seven. In other words, just keep on forgiving and keep on forgiving and keep on forgiving and keep on forgiving. Man, if you wanna keep heading toward Canaan, just keep on forgiving. My little mom was probably watching tonight. My dad and mom, they watch fairly religiously and mom and dad love y'all if you're watching tonight. My mom was uh, not a philosopher, but I remember many, many, many years ago, my wife and I had been married for 36 years and, and it was a day or two, I think, before we were to be wed and my little mama got me in the kitchen. She said, come here. And most of y'all know my little mom. She's just a little petite thing. She said, come here. And I went in the kitchen with mom and mom said, let me give you some advice. And this was her advice. She said, son, Learn to forgive. And then she put this little addendum on there and she said, even when they don't apologize, learn to forgive. Well, I never got that. Hey, can I give you some great advice, Calvary Baptist Church? Learn to forgive. Even when they don't apologize, learn to forgive. How many know this? How many know that bitterness will wreck your life? It'll ruin you, man. I'm telling you what, it'll mess you up, mess your kids up. It'll hurt your marriage. I'm telling you, bitterness will wreck you. And, and we, we look at Lot's story and we're thinking, Lord, what in the world? I mean, here's a guy that's doing well. He's, he's on his way to Canaan. He's, he's in the perfect will of God. He's, he's, he's with Uncle Abram. He's doing well and everything's going great. And yet something happened to get him off course. And now he's, uh, now he's, he's coming out of a place called Zoar, insignificant, in, insignificance. And somebody says, preacher, what, what, what was it that got Lot so off course? A simple little childish strife. Hey, can I give you this segment? Like, like I said, we're about done now. Number two, we notice a careless separation. Now I preached on this this morning, so I'm not gonna preach on this tonight, but I want you to turn over to Genesis 13 in your Bibles. Genesis 13, and look at verse number 10. And I'm using sort of the same scripture for the last two points here, but Genesis 13, verse number 10 the Bible says, and Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan and Lot journeyed east and they separated themselves the one from the other. And I, I want to say, Lot, you had everything going for you. And one of the things that Lot had really working out for him was he had godly association. He had, a, he had an uncle that knew God. In fact, we did that weeks ago, but we noticed that over and over and over and over again, the Bible talks about Abram built an altar, Abram built an altar, Abraham built an altar, Abraham built an altar. By the way, we never find that one time about Lot. Lot never built an altar. 
But Lot was under that influence, that godly influence. And he separated himself from that godly fellowship. Hey, Calvary, let me, let, let, let me encourage you tonight. Whatever you do, don't separate from that godly fellowship. You say, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm going through something right now. And I mean, I'm going through a deep valley right now. And the temptation is, is to, to get out. Don't separate from godly fellowship. You may be here tonight and you say, Pastor, I'm struggling with guilt and I've got some things going on and, and the devil uh, continues to remind me of this thing that I've done and, and the temptation is to get out. Listen to me, don't separate from godly fellowship. You need what you get at Calvary Baptist Church. You need the Sunday school. You need the choir. You need the preaching. You need uh, the fellowship that you receive here. You need it. And by the way, so do I. This, listen, our strength comes in numbers. God strengthens us as we get around our brothers and sisters in Christ. And uh, that was, listen, that was the plan of God. And, 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 and this is all I'm saying. Don't ever, don't let anything, don't let anything get you away from that godly fellowship. Hey church, are y'all hearing me tonight? I said not anything. I said not anything. You know what, there ought to be somebody here tonight that says, you know what, pastor, I am cementing myself in the house of God and by the grace of God, come hell or high water, I'm not going anywhere. I'm digging some deep roots. Things are not ideal. Things are not like I planned. Things are not like I wish they were. But by the grace of God, I'm not going anywhere. I'm gonna stay right here. I want God to work in my life. I want God to work in my family. Hey, you need the godly fellowship that you get at Calvary Baptist Church. Pastor, what happened? What, what, what led to Lot's downfall? Number one, a childish strife. Number two, a careless separation. We're done tonight. Number three, we notice a callous selfishness. Now look at Genesis 13, verse number eight again. And Abram said unto Lot, let there be no strife. I pray thee between me and thee, between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we're brethren, we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee from me. If thou wilt take uh, the left hand, then I'll go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. Look at verse 10. The Bible says, And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord. It looked like the garden of Eden. Even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Look at verse 11. Then Lot chose him, all the plain of Jordan. Wow. You know what that tells me? Lot was totally consumed with self. You know what should have happened, church? Here's the young man. Here's the young man that wouldn't have had anything. Was it not for his uncle? I mean, this young man maybe wouldn't have survived had it not been for his uncle. And when Abram says, listen, son, We'll separate. You choose what you want. You know what, you know what Lot should have done? Lot should have said, Uncle Abram, you've blessed me, taken care of me. You've been so good to me. Listen, you choose anything you want. I'll take what's left. That's not what he done, though. The Bible says he lifted up his eyes and he, he lusted. He looked at this well-watered plain 
of Jordan, and that's what he chose. And we find here, listen, he was totally consumed with himself. Listen to this, to the point where he forgot the promise of God. You say, what? He got so selfish that he forgot the promise of God. What are you talking about, pastor? Look at Genesis 12. Genesis 12, verse number two. God is talking to Abram here. And he said in verse number two, and I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great. Thou shalt be a blessing. Look at verse three. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Wow. You know what Lot should have said? Lot should have said, Abram, Uncle Abram, you just tell me where you're going and I'll take what's left because I, I want to be a help to you and a blessing to you because God's already promised that those that bless you are going to be blessed and those that curse you are going to be cursed. And Lot goes so selfish that he forgot the promise of the Lord and he wanders away from the perfect will of God. Calvary, you can close your Bible. We're done. I said this this morning. If we're truly saved, we'll never be happy outside of the will of God. You ever done this? You ever done this? Have you ever ate Sunday lunch or some kind of a meal? And you take those lunch dishes or those dinner dishes. If you take those dishes and you stick them down into some hot water, hot, soapy water, and let them soak, it makes the job of cleaning them much easier later on. But if you let those dirty dishes sit out, you know what happens, don't you? It makes the job very difficult. The longer that dirty dish sits out, the harder it becomes to clean that thing. And Calvary, listen, the longer that you stay out of the will of God, the harder it makes for God to clean you up. And if you're here tonight and you're not where you need to be with God, I'll tell you what I would do, man, I would run to this altar tonight and I would say, Lord, clean me up, help me to be on fire for you. Someone said, I love this, someone said the planet Mercury is hot. 800 degrees. The, the planet Pluto, on the other hand, is cold. Minus 400 degrees. Why is Pluto cold and Mercury hot? Mercury is really close to the sun. And Pluto is a long way off. The farther you get away, the colder things become. But the closer you get, the hotter things are. God is looking for some mercury Christians. He's looking for some folks who want to get so close and stay hot all the time as they stay close to the sun. Not the S-U-N, the S-O-N. Hey, whatever you do, head to Canaan. Strive to do the will of God and don't let anything or anybody get you off course. Would you bow your heads with me tonight? Father, thank you for this time we've had together. Lord, I pray that you'll take this uh, simple outline, although I'm thankful for it, Lord. I don't want to take that for granted. I appreciate what you've given us tonight. God, I pray that you'll take this simple outline tonight, and I pray that, God, you'll bring the increase, that Christ might receive the glory from it, 
and that it might work in hearts tonight. Lord, help us to remember disputes are going to come. They're going to come. Disputes are going to come in the church. Disputes are going to come in marriages. Disputes are going to come in families. But that doesn't mean we have to throw our life away. Father, help us to to do everything we can to resolve those disputes and keep heading to Canaan's fair land, the perfect will of God. Lord, help us to grow some deep roots. And God, may we never separate from godly fellowship at Calvary Baptist Church. And then, Lord, I pray that you'll forgive us for our selfishness. And oh God, help us to keep our eyes upon thee and the will of the Lord. Father, have your way in this invitation. Speak to hearts, I pray. We thank you. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. We had several folks this morning that raised their hand for for salvation. And I wonder tonight if there may be one here this evening who would say, Pastor, if I died tonight, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. I want you to pray for me. Is there one anywhere and you'd let me pray for you tonight? Can I pray for you? Pastor, if I died, I'm not sure of heaven. Would you pray for me? Is there one anywhere? I see that little hand. I'm gonna pray for this little one. Some of you are doing great. Many of you are doing great. You're heading to Canaan. And you're striving for the will of God. Wonderful. I applaud you. I'm I'm thankful for what you're doing. Calvary, don't forget something. The devil is subtle. He's underhanded. He's deceptive. And if you're not careful, he'll do something that'll get you away from Canaan and headed towards Sodom. You know what would really be great tonight? If, this, if, if, if some folks at Calvary Baptist Church would just make their way to an old-fashioned altar and say, Lord, if you'll help me, Lord, if you'll be my helper, I'm going to head to Canaan and I'm not going to let anything get in the way of me doing the perfect will of God. Let's all stand tonight, if you will. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you need to come, listen, the altars are open. Just come on. Just come on. You say, Pastor, you didn't even know it, but there's a little something. There's a little something going on between me and another brother or sister in this church, okay? All right? Here's what I'd do. I'd get on this altar tonight and I'd let it go. Just let it go. Suffer the wrong. Forgive. Forgive it and forget it. And go forward and serve Jesus Christ. Hey, Calvary, it's not worth it. That little controversy, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Not worth sacrificing your kids. It's not worth it. If you're here tonight, you say, Brother Steve, I have been saved, but I'm not following the Lord in believer's baptism. And I need to make myself a candidate for baptism. Why don't you come? Pastor, we're not the member of a good Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church. We fill up the will of God to join with Calvary. You come tonight, whatever it may be. It could be that God's calling you, a young man here tonight. It could be that God is putting his hand on you and wants you to preach the gospel. And you've been holding off for a long time. 
And tonight you'd walk the aisle and you'd say, Pastor, I'm surrendering. I'm surrendering to preach. God wants me to preach. I know he does. And I'm surrendering to the ministry. What about it? Would you come? We'll sing in just a minute, Lord willing. But would you come while we wait? Father, I pray that you'd help all of these that are on the altar tonight. And Lord, I feel sure others are making decisions right now. Lord, this is our prayer. Lord, keep us heading to Canaan. Keep us heading to the perfect will of God. God, help us never to get off track. Oh, God. Lord, help us not to let anything get in the way. Nothing. God, continue to work in in hearts tonight. Save that little one that raised its hand. God, help those that are watching my way of live stream tonight. And Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name.